And Denise, I'd like to ask County Board Member Denise Wehart to stand and lead us in the pledge. Thank you, and I would like to entertain a motion to bring in Chris Guy, who is uh, in Spring Springfield. Do I is, is you know, do I have a second? Second. All in favor? Aye. So Mr. Guy is in attendance. You. Uh, okay. So we have a quorum. I would uh, like to. Uh, we have. Uh, one of our assistant state's attorneys, John Hansen, sitting in with, for our state's attorney this evening. And um, I'd like to go first to our Living Legend Award, and I'd like to ask uh, Maxine Jackson Caldwell to come forward, along with Doc Holliday and, and Gussie Glasper. If you could all come forward, please. Please take your time. And then we'll do the uh, public comments after this. Ladies and gentlemen of the board, I just appreciate the opportunity again to make this award. Uh, this award is for someone who's done some outstanding items in the, in the county that has really uh, made our county a better county when it deals with youth. So I want to read you this uh, plaque that we have for her. It says, Madison County Living Legends Community Service Award presented to Maxine Jackson Caldwell. For years of dedicated service to her community by the Madison County Board, February 16, 2022, Deborah Mean Mendoza County Clerk and Kurt Frenzler, County Board Chairman. Uh, on behalf of the Madison County Board, Maxine, we'd just like to present this to you for what you've done for the kids in Madison County. Thank you so much. I do appreciate so much this award. In the line of work that I do is teaching. From the youngest, and that's infancy, all the way through 12 years old. And then it goes beyond that to parents. They have to be taught also. As my motto states, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. May the work that I do speak for me. Thank you. I just want to say that I have the deepest respect for uh, Maxine and the work she's done over the years. And, and not only has she uh, run a great business and been an entrepreneur, but she has uh, done a great job in, 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 her, in her field, child care. And um, so I, I think we've got a great living legend this year. Thank you. Thank you. 
Next, we have public speakers. And, and this time tonight, because of the steep stairway, I would invite all the public speakers to come down first so that so there's no temptation to try to run down the stairs too quickly. So we have uh, Kay Waldrum. Is Kay Waldrum here? Okay, Kay, if you would come down. Scott Summers. Is Scott Summers here? Okay, please come down. Also, William Scott. William Scott. Then we also have Walter Gallia. And then we have Ryan Larberger. Is Ryan Larberger here? Okay. So we have all five this evening. Now, what the rules are for public speaking, and uh, Kay, you'll be first, is that it's three minutes, and when you begin speaking, we start timing, and I will sound the gavel at two minutes and 30 seconds, so you'll know you've got 30 seconds to finish up, okay? So go ahead, and you're free to leave your notes with uh, the county clerk to be made a part of the record. So, Kay Waldrum. Well, hi, my name is Kay Waldrum. I'm a landowner uh, in the neighborhood adjacent to the parcel listed as Z21-0088. Um, the land's directly across from my porch. I live at 112 Dale Avenue in Jarvis Township. So I submitted a petition of opposition to the special use permit and variance, which was signed by a majority of the adjacent landowners and a total of 60 property owners in the adjacent two-street neighborhood. Um, at the 210 zoning meeting, I spoke out of turn, and I apologize for that error. I should not have spoken up for the entire neighborhood when asked if we'd be okay with a special use permit um, if it is approved and the variance is denied. So I mistakenly thought that that was the only other option. So although the variance was denied, the special use permit is still opposed by the neighborhood per the petition. And my husband and I are also opposed to the special use permit. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have Scott Summers. Hi, my name is Scott Summers. My wife and I live at 109A Dale Avenue. Please bear with me as I'm going to try to make this as quick as possible. The proposed commercial building will, be directly, will directly impact my property, as 90 feet of this 120-foot-long structure will be directly in my backyard. Just to put that into perspective, that's 7,200 square feet. That's almost the size of three houses. Whether it's 35 feet or 150 feet from our property line, my wife and I strongly oppose this. Several of my, several of my major concerns, what is this property actually going to be used for? Negative impact on the property values in the area taxes and resale value of our properties. Lighting in the structure at night, such as dust to dawn lighting, this will be an intrusion on my property and my privacy. Noisy equipment and increased traffic, pulling in and out of the property, unloading and loading of equipment, sometimes possibly day and night. Most landscape companies don't work Monday through Friday, nine to five. They work when weather permits, early morning till dusk. That could be very late during warmer months, such as mowing season, and, mowing season and weekends. If they do snow removal, um, preparing and managing for winter weather, snow plows, salt trucks, stormwater management, increased water runoff into my backyard, whether or not there's outside containers such as dumpsters, rock, mulch, landscape materials and yard waste, parking of trucks and other vehicles and trailers, 
possible long-term effects such as business growth, how will this be managed, employee parking, more traffic, more equipment sitting outside, greater amounts of materials sitting outside. Say the business sells and someone else moves into the space, how is this managed? Will it always have to be a landscape building or can it be changed once it's there? I want to thank the committee members for taking time to hear my concerns. Please take into consideration the negative impact this will have if passed. These are our homes that are being affected. Thank you. Thank you. Next, we have William Scott. My name is William Scott. I live adjacent to this property. I've been there for 44 years, and I'm opposed to property number 091-22-18-00-000-004.007. I oppose the special use permit as a landscaping business. Thank you. Next, we have Walter Gallia. My name is Walter Galea. I'm with Liebarger Landscaping. Um, we have this property. There are two commercial buildings, one on both sides of us. Um, we've asked for this property to be put at 35 feet. It was not an option. They, we could not come to a compromise. We repeatedly tried to come to a compromise. Then we came back and the zoning board said that they would allow the ordinance, which was 150 feet and no um, variance on the, the uh, measurements. So they agreed, we agreed, and the vote was unanimous. We left and um, we, we, we did everything that we possibly could, we believe, to, um, to ease all their fears. We know we have to abide by all the ordinances, so we know there will be no materials outside, you know, no equipment, no. We know what the ordinances are, and we know what we have to abide by, and we have stated from the very beginning we will abide by every ordinance. So um, we just ask that you take into consideration, you know, that this is not a residential neighborhood. Their houses are an acre lot away from the property line, and then we will also be 150 feet from that property line. So it, they're making it seem like we're very close to their house. However, we're not. We have 11 acres, and um, they want the building in one very specific spot, and there is no compromise. We offered different compromises. We could not get it. So we asked the zoning board for... Their advice, they came up with a solution. We agreed to it. They also agreed to it. And so just uh, thank you for your time. Thank you. Next, we have Ryan Larbarger. I don't need to say anything. He pretty much covered it. Okay. Very good. Very good. Now, since we did not have the fifth speaker, is Deanna Ticker in the audience? Okay, Deanna, uh, you, you're going. And the reason I'm letting you speak, we only let five people five public commenters, but since the one public commenter decided not to speak, I can go ahead and let you speak. Uh, my name is Diana Tickner, and I'm uh, adjacent to the property that Mr. Leibarger purchased and wants to uh, have a special use permit on. I, I still think that uh, this is a residential neighborhood, regardless of how it was characterized. All of the houses around there 
Both of the other commercial buildings are located on the frontage road within a very small setback, and we're talking about an area that's further to the back of this parcel where it, it is a residential neighborhood. And so, um, you know, if they, they were up asking for residential homes on this site, I don't think there'd be any issue, but it's the fact that it's a commercial business. And so now we allow one more commercial business further back. Where does it stop? Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, regarding next, we have the approval of the January 13th and January 19th county board minutes. Any comments or corrections or questions? If not, I'll let the record show that those minutes are approved. Next, we have appointments. Would anyone like to consider any of these appointments separately? Hearing none, we can go ahead and... Let's motion to approve the, the appointments, Mr. Chairman. Yeah, okay. Um, roll call. Oh, okay. Mr. Guy, how do you vote? Yes. Motion carries. Uh, Mr. Madison, on behalf of the Building and Zoning Committee, if you could please bring in the items. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Please bear with me. I'm going to do the best I can on this one. So I'm going to bring in items B and C together. I'm going to separate item B1. So we will do that next. But currently, uh, I, I would uh, accept a motion to approve, or I would move that we pass zoning resolutions Z220001. 0002003009 and under item C a resolution to authorize the green schools program funding fiscal year 2022 very good so any uh, regarding those items any comments or questions uh, mr. chair yes mr. holiday uh, the two three four or five should be Z 22 not a Z 21 that that's right. Do you want to repeat the uh, Mick? If you would go ahead and repeat. I think I think that's clear okay. Enough. Yes. Okay. So, uh, any other questions, comments? We don't. We, second. We don't need a second. Second. Uh, roll call. Hey, we're all entitled to a mistake. Whether you see what I do now, I'm going to screw this up for sure. Mr. Guy? Yes. Mr. Guy votes yes. Motion carries. Motion carries. Uh, back to you, Mr. Madison. All right. Bear with me on this one, if you would, folks. So this item, uh, zoning resolution Z210088, is about the comments that we just heard uh, made in front of us here, uh, which is... Uh, a hearing that was to consider the petition of Ryan Larberger, owner of record, with Jason Askew, uh, requesting a special use permit uh, to construct a building that was, I don't have the size, I'll have Chris speak in a moment, but I think it's 120 by 60. Uh, originally, they asked for this building to be, they, well, they wanted a special use permit to make this uh, property be, uh, be able to use it for a landscaping business. 
They asked for the building to be 35 feet from the property line. I believe that was, was not going to pass. And there are special circumstances here. Currently, the land is farmed, and that's about all it's good for. Uh, even though it's surrounded, there's a commercial property on each side of it, and then residential next to it with a lot between them. Um, it's a special situation because diagonally there are major transmission electric power lines going through there. And they're wanting to build this building, and you have to keep those a certain distance away from those power lines uh, due to the electrical field, things like that. So there's only a couple places where they could get it as close to the road as possible to make the road less expensive. Uh, but they didn't want to put it in the middle because it was too, I guess, jammed up up there. So we asked that they move it across the lot away from the neighbors, uh, 150 feet or further towards the other side. They, since there's no residential on the other side, it can be 50 feet from the other property line across, from, you know, uh, to the east. So everybody on the floor seemed to agree. Some of the adjacent neighbors were here as well. Nobody said anything else after that point. And we, so we thought we'd helped everybody agree instead of dragging this thing out in another meeting or so trying to get them to agree on it. So it was vote, voted on. It passed unanimously. Chris, would you like, is Chris Duclef in here? Chris, would you mind explaining this situation a little bit as far as to what could be built there now? Thank you, Mick. This is zoned agricultural, agricultural, and right now under its current zoning, uh, special use permit or no variance would, would be needed if they came to us for a permit for an agricultural building for agricultural purposes. And the setback for that would only have to be 50 feet. The reason why the setback for the special use permit for, for landscaping business, because it is a special use, it has to be 150 feet. So they could technically build a building without going through the process and only be 50 feet from the property line. So any other questions? Does anyone have any questions for Chris? Yes, Mr. Foster. Go ahead. I'm reading through this, and I see you've prepared that if the um, county ordinances are violated, then we have the proper things in place to revoke the special use permit? Yes, we do. We do. If there's violations on the property, we can rescind the special use permit, and they would no longer be able to operate the landscaping business there. Also, the special use permit goes with Mr. Leibarger, who's the business owner and the tenant. If it's anybody else, the special use permit is gone. It's not transferable. Not transferable. So this does not stay with the property. It stays with the individual and that particular landscaping business. Even if someone else came in and bought that business from them, they'd have to come and go through the whole zoning board committee, county board approval again. Can you mention the conditions on hours, what can be parked outside, things, a couple of those things? Yes. Um, Nothing, everything has to be stored within the building. They can't, you see some landscaping companies, they keep piles of rock and mulch and stuff outside. Not in, under our ordinance, for under the special use permit. Everything must be stored inside the building, all equipment, trucks, you know, supplies, everything must be in the building. And their hours of operation, which they've told us would be 8 to 5. No customers are to be there as well. Um, they, what they, we've been told, which we will hold them to it, will... Employees will come in the morning, get the equipment, leave for the day, 
and won't come back until they come back after the workday is done to return the equipment. Will there be any retail activity here? Excuse me? Is there any retail? No. Um, no, no retail. This is just a, basically a, a building to store the equipment. Thank you. And for them to gather in the meet in the morning to, you know. Yes, Ms. Dukleff. Mr. Leiberger and um, Mr. Jason Askew own it in joint. They own it joint. And together, yes. I don't think it's registered under Mr. Leiberger's name. Yes, it is. We we look we pulled it up and it was uh, um, listed under Mr. Leiberger and Mr. Askew. Mr. Askew, I think, was originally the property owner. He had bought it from the previous owner, and but it is registered. I had the same question, but we did look on the Laredo and it is listed under both Mr. Ryan Leiberger and Jason Askew. Very good. Is that all the questions for Mr. Duclef? So if they were just landowners wanting, not running a business wanting to build this, would this be approved? Not for landscaping. Well, it could be approved if, it, if you approve it. It still have to get a special use permit. But if, it was just, if they were just wanting to put a building there for, for agricultural reasons, they could just walk across you know, to our department over there and apply for a permit. And they only need a 50-foot setback, and they could build any kind of any size building they want since it's zoned agricultural yes okay and then my second question is i thought i heard the owner say that they initially were going to do it closer and then had decided not to well originally they asked for a variance to put it 35 feet from the property line which the neighbors were against because of um, the closeness to their property and also for because of drainage issues so that's during the committee. Um, some people were referring to it as the zoning board, but it was the committee where it was worked out that um, that the variance was dropped, and you know, so that will have to be 150 feet from the property line. Now they can be from the other property line, from the east property line. They will only need to be 50 feet from that, due to that it is zoned residential, but it's not being it's not a residential use. So they could scoot it over more toward the east part of the property, even farther than 150 feet away from the neighbors to the west. Very good. Any other questions for Ms. Yes, Mr. Hankins? Thank you, sir. Uh, just curious. You said 8 to 5, so they're not going to be loading it, this equipment up before 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 6.30. I'm not saying they won't be. They just That's what they said their hours of operation will be. Now, we don't – that's not a condition for approval is their hours. So landscaping business – I mean, I'm, I'm, sounds like, you know, lots of them probably start before 8, to tell you the truth. And probably work later, too. But that's probably what their average hours of operation, I think. Mr. Lieberg, do you have an answer? Eight, yeah, that's pretty much average. 8 to 5 average, I would say. But I'm, I'm guessing during peak seasons, it could be earlier and it could be later. So, Any other questions for Mr. Duclef? Yes. I'm not done yet. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Hankins. I just wanted to follow up. So if, if he is starting up too early for the neighbors, that's the complaint they would make to you about this landscape business. Is that? That's not one of the conditions. No? Okay. No. Very good. Any other questions? Yeah. So this, this is zoned agriculture? Or it's zoned? zoned agricultural. Okay. So it's being, re it's being a special use permit. Special but use permit is a, is a landscaping businesses are special use and agricultural right. zoned property. So if it would stay agriculture... Uh, they could build a building, and they could, they could have they right could have equipment setting out all over. Then they could put fifty feet from the property line as big yeah. as they wanted, as long as it was for farming purposes. Yeah. They could build it right now and come yeah. next door and get a permit. Any other comments or questions? <clears throat> Hearing none, Mr. Chairman, 
I made a mistake. I never made the motion for this, so I move this this item Z twenty one zero zero eight eight for adoption. I'm sorry. Yes, Ms. Pace, go ahead. I, I just have a comment to make, so it's nothing to you. That's why I was waiting. Is this I'm the sorry. appropriate time? Yes. Okay, great. So this property is in my district, and I just wanted to thank everyone who came out tonight because I know there were several of my constituents here um, speaking on behalf of this. Um, this and throughout the whole review of this project, they've been very vocal. Uh, while I support businesses and growth within my district, it's my understanding that this property would be housing um, the equipment for the landscaping company. The residents have repeated concerns over the drainage and aesthetics, and I feel that they are valid. Due to the clear objection of my constituents and those who have to live with this, I will be voting no. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Mr. Minner, go ahead. Yes, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I support this uh, project. I uh, don't see anything detrimental to the surrounding area. This is a building that's built uh, on 11 acres. And I think that uh, we should pass this. I'd like to ask the board to vote yes on this. Very good. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Mr. Guy, how do you vote? No. Mr. Guy votes no. So much easier. We're doing this like this every time. It's so much easier than me trying to answer all that. Motion carries. 17 to 8. Um, Mr. Walters, on behalf of the Executive Committee, if you could please bring in uh, the resolutions. Yes, thank you, Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen of the board. Uh, the Executive Committee has two resolutions, the resolution sure. establishing compensation for Madison County board members and an amended resolution establishing salaries for county clerk, county treasurer, and county sheriff to be elected in November of 2022. And just to let you know, the salaries are not changing. They will remain the same. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Mr. Guy, how do you vote? Yes. Mr. Guy votes yes. Motion carries. Mr. Madison, back to you. Uh, on behalf of the Facilities Committee, if you could please bring in the resolution. Yes, thanks, Mr. Chairman. Fellow board members, the Facilities Management Committee and Finance and Government Operations Committee have a resolution authorizing an intergovernmental agreement between Madison County and Madison County Transit pertaining to the transfer of excess property. And I would uh, send this to Dave Tanzius for further explanation. Oh, and Mr. Chairman, I move its adoption. Sorry, I just had to ask a question about uh, the previous motion. Um, this is this is the triangle. Oh, the triangle. Um, so with the with the triangle, we've got the, the county owns at the southwest corner of uh, Plum Street and Governor's Parkway, six tenths of an acre. It is surrounded by uh, quite a few easements, and that will be perpetually green, and uh, there's an IDOT easement that we'll see whatever happens with that. MCT has an interest in the property because it will help them with their MCT Goshen Trail to allow pedestrian and bike access to all those restaurants, 
And then also the, the trail users will have uh, a nice green space there on that southwestern corner. So in the, in the interest of um, just green space and a, and a more aesthetic look and a better trail system, it's in the county's best interest to turn over the six-tenths of an acre. Uh, it'll be a nice, it's kind of the linchpin for all of that area. So I think it comes up to about two acres uh, that will remain green space forever and, be, and make our trails a lot more aesthetically very good any other comments or questions hearing none roll call motion carries mr goggin on behalf of the finance and government operations committee if you could please bring in the items Mr. Chairman, fellow board members, the Finance and Government Operations Committee has 11 items for you this evening. The claims and transfer report, uh, fiscal year 2021 immediate uh, emergency appropriation, various funds for the sheriff and jail. Fiscal year 2022 immediate emergency appropriation for the 2020 CAC, CACI, CESF COVID-19 grant. Uh, this is a, an amendment. Uh, fiscal year 2020. 22 immediate appropriation for 2021 circuit court self-help center grant extension a resolution offer authorizing settlement of a workers compensation claim uh, 20-004 a resolution authorizing the purchase of excess insurance for the self-insured workers compensation program a resolution for the contract review of general homestead exemption services for the Madison County Chief County Assessor's Office, a resolution to renew contract AVID Bastion hosting service renewal for the Madison County Recorder's Office, a resolution to, contra to contract annual AVID life cycle service renewal for the Madison County Recorder's Office, a property trustee report, and a resolution to approve the state's attorney appellate prosecutor services agreement for the Madison County State's Attorney's Office, and I move for their approval. Thank you. Any other comments or questions on any of these items? Hearing none, roll call. Motion carries, Mr. Walters. On behalf of the Judiciary Committee, if you could please bring in the two resolutions. Yes, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, ladies and gentlemen, board. We have two resolutions. One is to purchase five. New model year 2022 Ford Explorers with four-wheel drive for the Madison County Probation Department and a resolution to renew annual professional services for medical care agreement for the Madison County Jail, and I move for their adoption. Thank you. Any comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Motion carries. Ms. Harris, on behalf of the Personnel and Labor Relations Committee, if you could please bring in the two resolutions. Thank you. May I have permission to bring them in separately? Sure. Okay. Um, so before you, our first is the resolution to amend the Madison County Personnel Policy for Madison County Personnel Policy Handbook. And this is the legally advised policies that we had all approved several months ago. There was um, an update to our compliance coordinator, so this just reflects that update. So I would ask for its approval. 
Very good. Any comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Motion carries. Back to you, Mrs. Harris. Thank you. And then second, we have a resolution to amend the Madison County personnel policies for county board supervisory, professional, and confidential employees. And um, Mr. Chairman. Oh. Go ahead. Yeah. Are you finished, Ms. Harris? Yes. Okay. Yes, Mr. Gray, go ahead. Based on the recommendations of our legal counsel and the personnel committee's discussion last week, I'd like to make a motion to amend the personnel policies for county board supervisory, professional, confidential, and non-union employees, Article 1, as follows. Rename Article 1 applicability instead of appointment and change the article to read. These policies apply to all county board employees not governed by a collective bargaining agreement. These policies do not apply to department heads or appointed officials. As such, have a separate section of the policy manual which governs the terms and conditions of their employment. The employees governed by these policies are hired, evaluated, disciplined, promoted, and terminated by the respective department head or appointed official. And a copy, do you have a copy of these, clerk? I'll I just received this. Okay. Okay, this motion is here a second? Second. Second, Mr. Walters? Is that right? Okay. Any discussion? Okay. Any comments or questions? Or. Yes, Mr. Madison. Yes, I have a question for Ms. Harris. Ms. Harris, is, is this something that you're aware of and in agreement with? Uh, yes, Mr. Madison. In the last personnel meeting, we had discussion about some of the language that was in the policy that was in the policy for years and not necessarily being followed. And so I'm under the impression this is um, has the goal of making the policy go along with the practices that we employ. That's great because I didn't, I didn't doubt Mr. Dalton for a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, this was presented to everyone within the last several minutes. Okay. Okay. Any other comments or questions? Yes, Mr. King. Yeah, I got a question. Uh, so <clears throat> as I'm reading this, uh, County board employees, not governed by the collective bargaining unit. So if we, if somebody, let's say somebody on the board here finds that somebody that's working for us is doing something that is not right or is not ethical or something, do we, can we over, it says they can only be terminated or promoted by the department head or the appointed official. Um, my question is, do we over supersede that or do we, you know what I'm saying? Is there a conflict there? I'm, I'm kind of because we. I, you know, I'm not sure who you should direct the question to. Not me, so, <laughs> because this uh, this is an amendment there. that was just presented to the board. It's a good so, sitting in the seat. Mr. Gray, probably. <clears throat> Mr. Gray, if you're the one that made the amendment. Uh, yeah, if I could have Mr. Espin speak to that question. 
Seems like we've been here before. Yes, thank you. Uh, in regard to Mr. King's question, um, I believe that there would be a mechanism, most likely through the Personnel and Labor Relations Committee, where they would be able to review if there was some sort of heinous activity or there was um, an issue with a non-union employee where they were not following either county ordinances or abiding by the county code of conduct, that they would probably be able to entertain something along those lines. I, I'm not aware of whether that has ever happened in county um, precedent or, or in practice previously. So I'm not, I don't really have anything to go off of. So I, a, a question might be better presented to um, the state's attorney's office for a, a, an official answer. Well, I, I'd like to have this thing clarified because I think we kind of we're still dealing with something like this. Uh, not too long, sure. Sure. Um, so obviously I'm not an attorney, but what, what we have is these are the individuals that have been either appointed by the board or have been given, um, the, the county administrator has been given that authority by the board to oversee and manage these folks, and then they're managing those folks. So if there's, obviously with anything, if there's a problem, you know, you, you, you so would come to you. reach out to me um, and, and, or, and the, or the chairman, however you wish to do, and then how how things always happen i'm the one who has to to um, make sure it you know it, it gets taken care of or looked into so you're not really ceding any power it's really what we've been doing historically and now we're just putting it in in our ordinance these are these are the folks being managed by these folks day to day anyway they're not even direct reports to me they're this is these are people who are reporting to the direct reports to me that should you have a disciplinary manner for someone who falls under the umbrella of the county board office, yet we're not necessarily discussing some sort of a heinous act, but simply would, would the board prefer to then end up with a personnel and labor relations committee meeting for discipline of so we would have a trigger mechanism for this committee, labor committee, to get together and so is this set up right now? Is this well, something we need to do? Or? No, I guess the question is do you want to always meet when we have, let's say we have an individual who's chronically late coming back from lunch. Um, do you want the department head to take care of it under my direction or do you want to convene a committee every time that happens? It happens a lot. Right. I mean, it's, I'm saying a lot, but things well, like that. I that think what I'm, I'm mostly seeing, when I see promoted and terminated, terminated is a big thing. You know, I mean, that, to me, that that's up here when you're going to terminate somebody. Um, but but we typically go through, and we, we give individuals, I mean, our, 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 our goal here is to coach individuals to be the best they can be. And then if an individual chooses not to want to remain here, uh, we've given them directives. We've, we've, we don't do this, you know, you know, on a knee-jerk reaction, we've we've gathered our data. We've gathered. We we do the same thing we would do even with a union employee. Um, it, it it meets that same level. No, I understand that. I just I just didn't want to get it between the board. I didn't. I wanted to try to establish any type of squabble situation that could possibly arise through something that would veto and be solid and say what well, goes this and you know what I'm saying it gets taken care of. You know what I'm saying if something comes, you said, well, I'm going to deal with this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that, that situation could happen. Well, that's kind of what we're trying to, you know. to put this language in to keep the board from having to deal with every little thing. Because the way the language is written now, you would be, you're supposed to be involved in every little tiny thing. Yeah. If I'm can I, can I piggyback on what Matt's saying? Sure. Uh, 
Can you give us the definition between the difference of the two statements, the statement prior and the one we're scratching out, and now we've got a new statement? I think if you can explain the difference between the two, that way we can all understand in our minds exactly what we're voting for. Yep, certainly. If the chairman wishes, I can, I can respond to uh, Mr. Babcock. So, um, that would be fine. Okay, yeah, okay, very good. So, yeah, so, Mr. Babcock, I think to answer that question, the way the language is written previously, it really indicates that it's talking about appointed officials. And yet, appointed officials and department heads are not the ones that are being governed by this policy. The, the members, um, the department heads and appointed officials that come before this board and are appointed by you all are governed by a separate policy. So what, th- this is the confusing piece of this personnel policy because it talks about appointment. It makes it sound like it's going through an appointed official process when in reality this personnel handbook is describing employees like myself who are hired, who are non-union and yet are not appointed by the board. So what we wanted to do and what the committee had requested was that we revisit this documentation to make sure it accurately reflected how current procedures had been done in the past and were currently being done. Now, one of the things that I discovered when I was talking to some of the department heads who had been here when this language was first enacted, the original language, which everyone should have access to, had never been a policy or, any, or never been followed by any of the previous boards that had established this. Does that answer your question? We wanted to provide an accurate definition of who it applied to. Actually, I'd like to try to better answer Mr. King's uh, question, and I think it's a good question. What, what, what happens in the case of termination? And anyone please correct me if I'm wrong, but we've had that. We have terminated employees, and, and they, have had the right to, they have the right to appeal to the personnel committee. And, and indeed, uh, the personnel committee has actually offered, uh, has disagreed with the termination, and they were able to offer the job back under certain conditions. So that has, that's another, I just wanted you to know that. And, and I would just add, too, that Article 11 in this policy does go over grievance proceedings for non-union employees, and it does have a mechanism through the, through the committee that governs the department and the personnel committee for a non-union employee to grieve a termination or an action going on that they do not appreciate. They have a way to engage the board. Yes, Mr. Madison. It's, it seems like this basically clears up the chain of command from the, from the appointed official and below. So those those folks don't have have to answer to thirty bosses. Is, is that kind of what this does? That, that would be an excellent way of putting it, Mr. Madison. Right. I understand yes. that completely. Thank you, Ms. Kuhn. So does the administration supersede the department head? I mean, are what's what's the deal? What if the what if the administration and the department head do not agree on someone's employment in their department? Oh, okay. No, not appointment. I mean on, on their firing, say, on getting rid of them. What if the administration and the department and the department had to disagree? Well, obviously, the county board is given the, the authority to, to need to administer that and to manage that process. And, of course, obviously, the chairman has that, that ability. So you would supersede the department head? And does it ever, would most of them come back to the county board, or where does the county so board fit in? Currently, as it's written, it's pretty murky on 
want to clarify that. Now, if it's the flip side of that, um, the department had wanted to keep somebody and I wanted to get rid of somebody or something, that individual would still have the ability to go back to the personnel committee and say, hey, your county administrator is crazy. Um, I, this is my case. So the board still gets, on, on that regard, they still get their, their time um, on that side. If, if, if you're fearful that maybe you've got an overzealous county administrator, th this language oh, still allows for that. I didn't mean it that way, but I mean, you know what I'm saying. No, and, I, yeah. and I also, if, say, the majority of a board is, regardless of who's here, years from now sure. or whatever. Yeah, you're right. We may. Re regardless of, I mean, what if the majority of the board is in disagreement with the administration? Well, then it comes back with the, to the personnel committee, and the personnel committees can say, no, we think this person's okay. okay. And um, that has happened. It has okay. before yeah. me. Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah, Mr. Ballone, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I think Mr. Tansy kind of answered my question a little while ago. You're talking about progressive discipline no matter what we do, right? Yeah. So they're non-union, they still get progressive discipline, and that's the important part when it comes to an employee, as I see the state's attorney's office shaking their head. That's what I always concern about. Do we have progressive discipline? And I think you answered the question. Thank you. Mr. Malone, I would just add that previously for non-union employees, progressive discipline had not been codified into this personnel policy, and we have added it as of, as of this point. Very good. Any other comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Yes. Motion carries. Ms. Glasper, on behalf of the. I'm sorry, that was the amendment. Okay, now we have the amended resolution. I let him borrow mine okay. sometimes. Okay, so that the amendment passed. Uh, I agree with. I agree. So with we do Mr. have Dozen. the the amended uh, resolution in front of the board. Any comments or questions? Hearing none. Roll call. I would like to thank Ms. Mendoza for taking Mike's microphone away. The motion. <laughs> <laughs> Denied. Denied. Actually, in defense of the county clerk's office, you had one prior to the start of the meeting. So I would have to assume one of your peers. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> you a good yeah, comeback. <laughs> Yes, Ms. Glasper, if you could please, on behalf of the Public Safety Committee, please bring in the resolution. Yes, Mr. Chairman and fellow board members, your Public Safety Committee, along with the Emergency Telephone System Board and Finance and Government Operations Committee, has a resolution to approve reimbursement to PSAPs for 911 call for Madison County, 911 Emergency Telephone System Board, and I move its adoption. And you could also bring in the additional resolutions. And also your Public Safety Committee and Finance and Government Operations Committee has two resolutions. One is a resolution to purchase eight new model year 2022 Ford Police Interceptor Replacement Vehicles for the Madison County Sheriff's Office and a resolution to approve one year 
vet import entry data services fees for chameleon licensed processing solutions for the Madison County Animal Control Care and Control Department. And I move for their adoption. Thank you. Any comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Mr. Guy, how do you vote? Yes. Motion carries. Mr. Meyer, on behalf of the Transportation Committee, if you could please bring in the report. Yes, Mr. Chairman, members of the board, Transportation Committee has one resolution for your approval tonight, a report of bids and award of contract on Langen-Walder Bridge on TR-363 uh, East Mill Creek Road. Section 15-121-19-00-BR, Jarvis Road District, Madison County, Illinois. I move your approval. Thank you. Any comments or questions? Hearing none, roll call. Motion, motion carries. Any unfinished business? Any new business? Hearing none, I would entertain a motion to adjourn. So moved. Mr. Walters, and we had a second. Second. We heard a second. All in favor? Aye. Aye.